0: Talk of the Town is a public service program produced by Midwest Family Springfield airing Sunday morning on 92.7 WMAY 98.7 WNNS 97.7 WQLZ and 102.5 The Lake The mission of the show is to provide you with new information on the great organizations and great people in the Springfield area who work hard to make things easier for others throughout our community and to make Springfield a better place to live. The intent of this program is to be timely,
1: topical, to entertain and to inform. Talk of the town. This is Trent Nelson. Good morning. What a wonderful morning it is to have a wonderful morning. I know we say that often, but it's often true. We're so happy to have you because we have wonderful guests that have so much to provide the community with. First off, we have Dr. Vicki Cook, the Vice Chancellor of Enrollment and Retention Management as well as a research professor at the College of Education at the University of Illinois Springfield right down the street. And she came down to discuss with us all of the wonderful and marvelous opportunities that the university offers everyone around Springfield, around the central Illinois area, the state, nation, and even the world the chance to partake in whenever they wish. So we spoke about many of those programs. It was a wonderfully riveting conversation. Very fun, very expansive. We hope you enjoy it. And then we had Julie Ratz, the artistic director, over with the Copper Queen Ballet Company to discuss a Springfield, Central Illinois tradition, a seasonal December tradition, Christmassy. It is the Nutcracker Ballet. Julie Ratz has been doing it for nearly five decades with the Copper Coin Ballet Group. If you listen to our interview, you will know exactly what times and dates to mark off in the old calendar so that you can make sure that you catch it this year. Share it with your loved ones, whether they have seen it before or whether this is their first time. Make sure to take some pleasure in things of that nature, those things that we can pass on to one another that we can really value. So sit back, relax, grab some coffee, perhaps a bit of breakfast. It's Talk of the Town with Trent Nelson. Let's go. Talk of the Town, Trent Nelson, and we are here this morning with who I suspect will become a great and valuable friend of ours moving forward. She is the Vice Chancellor for Enrollment and Retention Management over at the University of Illinois Springfield, right down the street where many listeners live. Dr. Vicki Cook, such a pleasure to have you on today.
2: Good morning, Trent. Thank you for inviting me.
1: I'll be honest, I love a good chat. And anyone who can who can provide me with a good chat. I can't wait to have you on, doctor. And again, I've been waiting for this because UIS is in the nine months I've been in town. I've gone to many concerts there. I've walked around the campus. It's beautiful and it's full of wonderful architecture and people and and it just struck me we have to get more people to know about what a valuable resource they have right down the street from their house
2: absolutely we love being a part of the Springfield community and being in central Illinois it's such a fabulous location and our campus is beautiful we often have baby deer outside our windows and we have a lot of geese but we also have just a wonderful expanse of central Illinois geography it is just such a pretty campus and I'm glad you've been you've had the opportunity to come out and experience that.
1: Absolutely. Old uh, old Sangamon State College, was it?
2: Well, there are still some Sangamon State buildings, but we have added so many. So when, when we have alums who were graduates of Sangamon State and they come back out and haven't been out for a while and they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't even believe that this is the same campus. So it is such an exciting, vibrant, growing community on campus. And sometimes I think we're the best kept secret in Springfield.
1: With so many wonderfully kept secrets, that is saying something, but I'm not here to disagree with you at all, doctor, (laughs) uh, I assure you.
2: Let's talk about,
1: we'll just jump off that point before we get into some of the other valuable commodities and and practices that the college offers. How is it to have that wonderful mixture of the past, Mm -hmm. right, of alums coming back and sharing that history that they experienced, and then, of course, each new year, each new semester...
2: Yes, and you know, that's the wonderful thing about a university, because you have the the history, you have that rich depth with alumni, and then you have the future. And it is so incredible to see fresh faces coming in. We have move-in day next week. And so it's very exciting to see new students coming on campus and being excited for their next uh, opportunity, right? They're out of high school. They are ready to move on. But we also, have a number of students who are adults who are returning to campus because they want an opportunity to move up in their career, or maybe they've just always wanted to get a degree in a particular area that up until now has not been possible for them, and now they can really see it as a reality. So we have a lot of graduate students, and that I think that's always fun. You have people who are early, mid-career, who are looking to advance their own knowledge, or maybe they're looking for, you know, being on the job market and getting a new new opportunity there. And so sometimes it's really fun to see that. We also have some micro-credential areas, like one one of our programs that I'm particularly proud of is our child advocacy study area. And it trains so many people who have positions throughout the state, throughout the country in child advocacy, including police officers, firefighters, social workers, Department of Children and Family Services. So that program is just an amazing Really kind of a little gem of a program where individuals who are already working in the field and doing wonderful things can come in and learn new skill sets and really understand how to appropriately help children in whatever their field of of study or their profession is.
1: That is absolutely Brilliant. And thank you for, for shining that gem a little brighter for our listeners. I, I love the spirit of this answer because I think it touches upon something that we should try to dispel, which is that education is something that we do during set periods of our lives. Right. And then just like, OK, we, we, we've collected it all the water. Now it's time to go. Right. Instead yeah. of this continuous process where we can better ourselves. And as you're saying, UIS has the tools for however an individual of whatever age, experience wants to do that.
2: Absolutely. I think that's so critical that everyone realize that learning is a lifelong endeavor and that the more that we can learn, the more the more we can give back to our own society and to the community. One of our areas is our continuing and professional education program. It is a non-credit. It is for individuals to really focus on a particular skill set, something that they want to learn, something that they need to learn. I don't know if you're aware Trump, but University of Illinois at Springfield is a leader in online education, and we have received, oh... In excess of 20 national awards over the years. We've had online learning since the late 1990s. So about 25, 26, 27 years. A forerunner. A forerunner. We absolutely were. And we do a wonderful little program in helping other K-12 or higher ed or business individuals who need to know how to put content and curricula online appropriately to help people learn. We help them know how to do that through it's called ION E Professional Program. So Illinois Online Network. And it provides a series of eight-week courses, non-credit, in helping people understand more about the pedagogy of online learning and how online learning can be so effective. Now, since the pandemic, a lot of people have jumped into that space. But as I said, UIS has been doing this for 25 years. We have helped in excess of 300 institutions with their own understanding of online learning and helping to do professional development for faculty and teachers. I'm really proud of what we've done in the online space. It is such a great opportunity for us to expand our outreach even past the borders of Sangamon County, Central Illinois, and we in fact this semester we have we're serving 53 countries with students and we have over 44 states who are students at UIS.
1: It's a testament to the hard work and to the dedication. Trent Nelson, we're here with Dr. Vicki Cook of University of Illinois Springfield. Plato said that education has to be as free as the individual receiving it mm-hmm. and that we cannot force people to learn things. That's they must right. take it naturally, right? And so creating exactly. that environment yes. in which people can feel incentivized and happy and full of ambition and volition. To learn is, is again, a testament to the hard work that you and all of your staff and colleagues do at the college. And we thank you so much for it.
2: Well, thank you, Trent. I really am proud of our faculty and staff at UIS. One area that you might find interesting under the new, kind of the new trend in artificial intelligence, right? So the wave of AI and what that means. And we have some wonderful faculty and staff who are doing some groundbreaking work in that area. But one I'll I'll mention to you is it happened this summer, so it's already over. But we had a junior high camp for kids in junior high to come in and work with one of our computer scientists faculty to create their own electric vehicles using AI. And so each child built an electric vehicle at the end of their time with the faculty member and then got to race it across the quad. But it was so much fun to watch them learn to use AI and understand what AI would do and what AI won't do. And so there's a lot of hype around AI and there's so much for us yet to learn and to do. And I think it's great that even though we are a university and we're focused on higher education and typically high school graduates and beyond, we have this great opportunity in the summer to really offer something fun like this for junior high kids to take advantage of. And we hope to repeat that next summer. We have um, some kids programming that we do through the summer and they're usually pretty small classes. We like to keep them small so that the kids get a lot of attention and have a lot of fun doing whatever the component of the program is. But this electric vehicle camp was just, just amazing.
1: It sounds like it was electric, pardon the pun. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but it's, you know, it sounds invigorating and to be around the youth is to be, is to remember what being a youth is like.
2: Absolutely. That
1: is that is really fantastic stuff. It, it actually, again, the conversation is flowing so fluently, it, it touches on something that I had a discussion with uh, with with a teacher who's from New York for another one of our programs. We're speaking about education and we had fallen onto the subject of tracking oh. and and he mentioned that it sticks in my mind because he's a high school teacher. And so he was saying that by the time he gets to teach many of the children, the die has already been cast regarding if they are excited about education or not, right? And so when you speak about bringing the children in, it's like perfect. Yeah, like we have to show them that learning is fun. That's right. As soon as possible, because if we don't, they'll learn that learning is not fun. Of course, that leads to a whole, whole mess of other issues that we have to try to figure out then.
2: It does. And you know, we don't all learn the same way. Some of us learn better by actually doing something, moving, being kinesthetic in our approaches. Others of us learn better by listening and then doing it on our own. And others learn best by reading. And so you have different views on how we take in information and then what that means for us. But what is most important is that we learn best when we're interested in the topic, when we're having fun, when our, our curiosity has been engaged. Maybe it's a topic that we never thought we'd be interested in, but something about the way it's presented creates us to have a curious approach to that topic. So f- for adults, The term is called hudagogy, and so it builds on the whole idea of pedagogy, of course. But hudagogy is all about using devices— as we all pull out our cell phones or our tablets, and being curious about something we've read or learned. So think about Google. Everybody Googles something, right? And they're looking for something they're curious about or information they need. That practice is pedagogical heutagog- approaches. And so when we think about engaging students, whether, whether they're junior high or whether they're a graduate student returning so that they can be effective in their workplace, we really need to to think about how do we engage them in curiosity? How do we make them more curious about the topics that they'll be learning? And sometimes that's easy and sometimes it's not. And so, you know, you can think about whatever the topic was when you went to school that you really dislike. And think about that for a minute. How could your teachers have engaged you more effectively to be curious about that topic?
1: I was a musician and a historian and a writer. I was not as math and science didn't. didn't make as much natural sense as those others did. And then I was about 20 years old and I saw this Richard Feynman move video from the 70s, the early 80s, late 70s that he did. And it's like something to the effect of like power of learning. Uh And he just sits there and explains like math and science Mm -hmm. in the way that like my heroes explain like history and English and language and etymology and foreign policy, right? All the things that I'm really interested in. And I remember watching a couple of those videos and coming away and thinking to myself, like, am I a physicist that just <laughs> didn't have a good teacher, you yes. know, like just didn't have a good experience in, yes. in that realm? And so I think you're a thousand percent correct. The magic of being in the right setting, the right institution with the right educator, the right. right. P- and it goes even a step further. I think uh, I tell people often the point of our general education in so many ways, the, the most macro of all the ways is that you are supposed to come away from these years knowing what you just said, right? How do I learn best? Yes. Right? Do I learn best listening? Do I learn best reading? Do I learn best doing? Yes. And then looking to apply that moving forward.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Although I'm really surprised that one of your math teachers didn't pick up on your musical ability because there is such a connection between music and math. And so anytime a student struggles with math but they are musically inclined, it usually is just a matter of connecting that piece for them. So I am delighted that at some point in your life, you had that connecting opportunity. Absolutely.
1: And to that point, E- Ego sum Trent. <laughs> uh, uh, if I could go back in time, I'd be an etymologist. Would you? Because yes. I don't think there's anything more interesting in the world than how language is basically shared throughout the entire world yes. in so many ways.
2: Well, and, you know, uh, we have a, pro- a professor at UIS. He teaches in the chemistry area, and he teaches chemistry as language. So it is amazing to watch once he applies language learning principles to understand Understanding chemistry. It is amazing to see students get it. You know, they automatically, it's like, oh, I understand. So he had been, he worked with one of our centers as a fellow and did some research in the area of second language acquisition and then applied that to chemistry and then found a partner in Canada actually, um, who teaches at a university there who was also interested in the same type of pedagogical approach. And so they've worked together and really put together a wonderful opportunity for students to learn chemistry through language acquisition.
1: Trent Nelson, we're here with Dr. Vicki Cook of the University of Illinois Springfield. As, as one of my heroes uh, would say, Professor uh, William Durant, all philosophy begins as art and ends as science.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect. That is great.
1: Yeah, it's yes. uh, but that's just mind-blowing because again, we have this perception from the outside of academia that within the halls it's all very strict and has to be rigid and there's no yes. fun and and we we hear from you Dr. Cook just the exploration that the mind can can really run around and, and find through Absolutely. education, through UIS.
2: Absolutely. So, University of Illinois Springfield is a member of the University of Illinois system, and uh, we love our sister institutions, the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign and the University of Illinois at Chicago. They have very unique components to their universities, as does UIS. So, at UIS, we really have the opportunity to focus on teaching and learning. We have a lot of faculty who are doing teaching demonstrations, teaching exploration, looking at discovery research in thinking about the scholarship of teaching and learning. They're such great colleagues. We also have the opportunity because we are... A regional public university in the system. The other two are are not regional publics. So we are. And so we focus a lot of our attention on our community, on the community needs. We focus a lot of our attention, as you said earlier, kind of the backyard piece, how we connect with the, uh, the city of Springfield, Sangamon County, Central Illinois, really thinking about that Southern Illinois component. And so how do we connect with the individuals who are looking for um, higher education opportunities, but closer to home, and what that looks like. I think one of the things that UIS is is very happy about is that we are launching our innovation center in downtown Springfield, and we're just so delighted to do that. And uh, Rob Kerr, who is one of my colleagues, will be leading that endeavor, and Rob and his staff will be working on working with business and industry leaders, working with the medical community, and others in. The Springfield and Sangamon County area. We have a couple of individuals who will be on a panel very shortly talking about AI in both urban and rural areas and how that's going to impact healthcare and how it's going to impact other industries and what can UIS do to help those industries meet the needs that they need for the future. So we're really excited about the Innovation Center and what that's going to look like and what that will do for our central Illinois region in the future
1: absolutely and again creating that accessibility for the community yes. w- whether it be by the innovation center whether it be through any of the partnerships that you guys get into with with the in the healthcare world yes. in in the mechanic world i mean i know you guys have your hands all over the place the new exhibition that's coming out it, you know the the one in which we can really get to explore each other through yes. communication uh, yeah. public space i believe again these are important ideas. These are important opportunities for the community. And would you, would you tell our listeners why they should think to themselves, you know what, maybe it's not too late to, to play viola. Absolutely. Maybe it's not too late to, to learn trigonometry. Absolutely. Maybe it's not too late to get an advanced agricultural degree or something else that we already do, but we need we want to do it better.
2: Absolutely. So, you know, the University of Illinois was actually founded on Sangamon State University, which was a senior level institution. So that means that there were only juniors and seniors at the baccalaureate level and graduate programs. So we have really built that out with the University of Illinois Springfield. And now we we have freshman and sophomore programs, so sure, we, we do invite students to come to us from high schools, and we're really happy when we have those younger students on campus. But our real sweet spot is transfer students students who have some college from their local community college, whether that's Lincoln Land or whether that's Lakeland or whether. Heartland, Lewis & Clark, we are, have a lot of, of opportunities for agreements with those community colleges that helps the the transfer process to be smoother. And then we have a lot of graduate programs, and those graduate programs certainly help returning adults. We also have a really interesting little program. It's called the LIS, Liberal Integrated Studies, and it allows someone who needs a bachelor's degree. But not in a particular field of study They'd like to kind of create their own So maybe they want to include a musical instrument And a little math And maybe they want to do a little business And all of that put together They can work with an advisor And create a study uh, within the LIS program And so, yeah, it's just such a great program for adults who may have some college or maybe they don't and they just want to embark in this opportunity.
1: As an autodidact that warms my heart <laughs> because it says to me that we can can say where we want to go. We can say where we want to learn. Yes. What we would like what we're really interested
2: in. Exactly.
1: Cuz isn't that the whole point of of going is to study as you noted the things that we really have a passion, of, really interested in, we really want to get better in and it's so you remember back to when you were younger and there were always peers that were frustrated about being in a certain class that they felt had nothing to do with what they wanted to do yeah. And, you know, that that can be discouraging.
2: It can be. And there are requirements, of course, and we have to meet the state requirements for graduation. And so it's not feasible to say that you'll never take a class that you really didn't want to. But but overall, there are some wonderful opportunities to think about taking the the majority of the classes that you are really interested in.
1: Absolutely. And to that point, there's so many times in which we start something that maybe we are not entirely enthused about. Right. And then all of a sudden we get into an and we're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, That's this so is not, this is not bad. This is actually interesting. Like, I just wasn't, I just wasn't perceiving it in the right way at the moment.
2: Well, and it may be that you had a bad experience in a high school class, and now all of a sudden you've matured, maybe the topic is being introduced differently, and all of a sudden, you know, a light bulb goes off and you think, wow, this this is really helpful. This is something I'm really interested in. But we all change our levels of interest as we mature and as life happens. And so I think that um, being open to that also is one of those opportunities for people in the area to think, you know... I was never interested in writing when I was in high school. Didn't like to write. Now, all of a sudden, writing seems really interesting to me. Maybe I could take a writing class and see if I can hone some of those skills. And maybe that would be of interest to me now. And so there are a lot of different opportunities that, that individuals can think about outside the box.
1: Vice Chancellor, Dr. Vicki Cook, we are so happy that you were able to come down and speak with us today.
2: Well, thank you for the invitation. I've really enjoyed it, Trent.
1: Pleasure is all ours. We look forward to having you back for another great discussion. Talk of the Town, Trent Nelson. Please, hope that the rest of the day is as wonderful as the start of it.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Talk of the Town, this is Trent Nelson, and we have a very artistic guest this morning. She is... Full of fire, you can hear it just in her voice, and we're so happy to have gotten to know her earlier today for the first time. And we suspect we'll be friends, and we'll suspect that the rest of the community will enjoy this friendly message from Julie Ratz, artistic director of Copper Coin Ballet. Such a pleasure to meet you this morning.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, we love having good, ambitious, artistic, kind folks. And from what I understand, you check all three boxes.
3: Well, thank you. That's nice to hear.
1: (laughs) It does feel nice when we feel as though we're checking the boxes we'd like to. But let us jump into it. There's a special holiday performance of of a uh, very familiar ballet going on uh, at the start of December. Is there not, Julie?
3: There is, yes. At UIS Sangamon Auditorium at 2 o'clock on December 2nd and 3rd, we will present Tchaikovsky's holiday classic, The Nutcracker.
1: We got to thank... Copper coin ballet, we have to thank Julie Ratz and we have to thank Tchaikovsky, okay? Without him writing this lovely ballet that, of course, we're all quite familiar with, some by having seen it, some only through the name. For those who aren't as familiar with the intricate details as others, Julie, would you be so kind as to explain the Nutcracker to us all and what people can expect when they come to see this program at 2 p.m. on December 2nd and 3rd?
3: Well, yeah, the Nutcracker is a story that takes place at Christmas time. And it's the story of a girl named Clara whose mother and father are having a Christmas party and her godfather comes to the party and gives her a gift, which is a wooden nutcracker. And she puts the nutcracker to bed and goes to sleep and sneaks downstairs in the night to get him and falls sleep on the couch and the rest of the ballet is her dream. In her dream, she's attacked by an army of mice, and the Nutcracker brings his soldiers to fight the mice, and there's a grand battle. And then when the Nutcracker defeats the Mouse King, he takes Clara on a magical journey through the Land of Snow and on to the Land of Sweets. And everyone has heard the music for the Nutcracker. (laughs) You can't go anywhere at uh, Christmas time without hearing Tchaikovsky's iconic score. And
1: it is legendary, but it is only legendary because of the hold that it has been able to, generation after generation, maintain on the minds of individuals. No, it is. Right. It is intoxicating. It is hypnotizing. And you heard Julie Ratz, folks. Go to the land of snow. Go to the land of sweets. Okay. Watch the Mouse King be defeated. There's a lot there. It's really fun. Talk of the town. This is Trent Nelson here with Julie Ratz, the artistic director of the Copper Coin Ballet group. Tell us about those, those individuals who will be participating in the performance. Tell us about their passion, about how hard they work each year.
3: Well, we have 30 dancers in the in Copper Coin Ballet Company from Central Illinois that train in various schools. And then we also have about 75 extra children and adults from the community that participate as additional cast members. So it's a huge cast. And then we bring in some professional male guest artists to dance with our company. So it's definitely a local Central Illinois production. And, you know, we've been doing it now. This is my 49th. This will be my 49th Nutcracker. So we've been doing it for a long time. You know, it's the one that everybody has come to know and love. And it's become a tradition for many, many fans. Families, So we like to continue that tradition.
1: Well, it's a tradition that wasn't just started last year or five years ago, even a decade or two ago. It's almost 50 years of Nutcrackers with Julie Ratz. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. And you know, the community, I can only speak for, for myself and a handful of us, but we are thankful for your dedication to arts and culture and to ensuring that each generation hears in their head when they're walking down the street, a little bit of Tchaikovsky's magic echoing in the background.
3: Well, thank you. It's was no great sacrifice on my part. I I love it. <laughs> I can't wait to start rehearsals every year for the Naircracker. So it's a little selfish on my part, but I think all the dancers really, really... It's it's an important part of everyone's growing up who is able to participate in the Nutcracker or sit in the audience with their family and watch it. It's definitely memorable in every way. You
1: heard it here first, folks. It is a part of the tradition of the community community and it is worth going to enjoy. It is worth continuing that tradition, and let's be honest for a second, all of our altruistic, selfless actions have a modicum of selfishness uh, impacted (laughs) inside of them. Sure, we want the Nutcracker to be heard by everyone, but we like to hear it ourselves as well. That's right. Talk of the town, Trent Nelson, here with Julie Ratz, the artistic director of the Copper Coin Ballet Group, speaking about the Nutcracker, December 2nd and 3rd. 2 p.m. Julie Ratz, such a wonderful pleasure to speak with you this morning. Thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Talk of the town, Trent Nelson. Go out and enjoy the land of snow and the land of sweets with Julie Ratz.
0: Thanks for listening to Talk of the Town. We'll be back next Sunday morning. Talk of the Town is a public service of Midwest Family Springfield. If you have any questions about today's program or previous programs, contact the show at SPI.com slash Talk of the Town or call Midwest Family Springfield at 217-629-7077.